0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
2: And welcome, everyone, to From Good to Amazing. It's always a pleasure to have our honored guest on our show, and today we have David Arnett, who is a Unity House author, who has authored the book Messengers. And David, it's a pleasure to have you today on our show. I Thank have you. Been so looking much, forward Campbell. to uh, to having you as a guest since we met uh, back in in June. David Arnett, one of the things that I find that our audience likes to know more about is um, how in your life did you become an author? How did that come about for you?
3: Well, uh, it's interesting, as I suppose it is uh, for every writer. In in my case, uh, I wrote a a short novel when I was the American culture attaché at the American Embassy in Copenhagen, and I met... uh, Uh, the great uh, screenwriter and uh, film producer from Universal, Carl Foreman. And uh, we had dinner together, and uh, I mentioned that uh, it was difficult to write since I was an American diplomat at the same time. He said he understood that because he missed writing his own screenplays. But he was working at that time pretty much full-time as a producer. And then he asked me, have you written anything? And I said, well, I have finished this novella. He asked to see it, liked it, and uh, set about to uh, try to make it into a film. And then, unfortunately, uh, he died of cancer not too long afterward. But that was really my my first foray into writing. Um, In regard to messengers, the roots are in several directions, but certainly one of the most important was a dream I had in which I died, and this was back in the early 70s in New Orleans, where I was a graduate student at Tulane University, and uh, all of us have dreams in which we almost die, the monstrous chasing us, we're falling from a cliff, whatever it may be, but we wake just before that moment, but I did not in this dream, and uh, I uh, you know, won't go into all of it now, but I found myself rushing through the dark tunnel and hearing eerie sounds. They were tones, singing tones. Uh, No words, but just the tones themselves. And I'm rushing toward a light. I become very emotional, saying, I wish I had done better. I wish I had done better. I tried. And uh, just before I reached the light, I woke up. And then about two years later in a bookstore in Berkeley, I came across the book uh, Life After Life by Dr. Raymond Moody, who was really the first to to delve in depth into the near-death experience. And I found my dream duplicated in that book since he had interviewed a number of hospital patients who had been clinically dead uh, in the operating room, but had returned, and they told um, uh, many of them a similar story about rushing through the darkness toward the light, hearing, eerie sounds. And that is one of the roots uh, of the book.
2: Wow, and that started out a doorway for you of, of changing your path, or to get on with your passion about what you had longed to do?
3: Well, it stayed with me, Temple. It was so uh, moving and and striking, unlike any other dream I had ever had. So I became very interested from that moment onward, particularly after finding the book Life After Life, in near-death experiences. And uh, I I did uh, research uh, throughout most of my life. I have been uh, very interested uh, in spiritual affairs, in mysticism, in in the search for meaning, and that became uh, certainly a a central part of it. Um, And I've had a number of experiences in my waking life which uh, have underlined for me the presence of spirit uh, all the time, really, in in all of our lives.
2: It's very interesting because... um... A lot of work that I feel called and pulled to do is, is about dying, and uh, I've had people come to see me before as a as a counselor, uh, as a teacher, and say, you know, I've had a thought about that I'm dying, and and there have been times, and of course we're 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 sharing today the short version, you know, with one another, um, but I so I don't want to. Dismissed that I was empathetic or caring because certainly I was. But I find that people die so many times within a lifetime if they allow themselves. And I've been working on a book myself for quite some time that's about the concept of dying. And actually the title I chose was When Did You Die? Yeah. And and it is, it's approaching um, several different areas. One is... Um, The, did you die psychologically, you know, when you were growing up, when you were little, because somebody said, you can't do that, or, or that was dumb, or that was stupid, or, you know, my sixth grade teacher told my parents I was never going to amount to anything because I talked too much. You know, did you, did you stop showing up in the world? Uh, fully vibrant and dynamic because things happen along the way and you you died a little. I think sometimes in our culture, people are so afraid of the word or, or, or even articulating the word die, you know. We use fancy words like uh, transition, you know, and things like that. Exactly. Um, right? But the bottom line is we all are, are going to physically die, um, in, in the life that, that we know now. But I think people are so hung up on that, that the missing in that and the unwillingness to sit in a conversation like the one that you bring out and and the one that you talk about is people don't understand that there's a lot of people that are dying every day just a little somewhere. And um, it has very little to do with the physical death Um, but yet they're holding back, Uh, they're not really participating, um, and they're dying a little. Or isn't it like uh, the statement that says that the guy was buried at 80, you know, but he died at 52? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing.
3: Exactly. I certainly agree with you. Um, It was probably uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross who was the the real pioneer in, in in the study of of dying and and the different stages that uh, dying people go through and and again, uh, Dr. Moody uh, kind of uh, followed up uh, on on her work and and made it much more definite in in, in regard to the near death experience. You know, I, I wrote a poem about uh, different stages of dying in everybody's life which uh, has to do with the fact, you know, I'm 68 years old. I am not the same person I was, obviously, when I was 14. That person's gone and, and Mm -hmm. in fact, has died. And the same goes for myself at age 30 and 45 and uh, 85 if I reach that age. So in, in a very real way, all of us... Have died at least those people that are in our memory are uh, are gone, and we are someone who has built upon their experiences and their lives that's that's uh, the essence of the poem
2: mm. and where can one get that poem? Is that in your book the messengers
3: it's it's not it uh, it was published uh a journal called uh, the Poet's Pen, but I'd be happy to send it to you.
2: Okay. Or if if someone has a would like to have a copy of the poem, they could also write into amazing at unity.fm, and we'll make sure that that they get that. Okay. When you were talking when you were talking earlier, David, about you know the circles of life and how you were in college and you had this dream and then you saw. Uh, Raymond Moody, I just wanted to highlight because I love stories and I love how everything always weaves together. Oddly enough, uh, we are featuring here at First Unity in St. Petersburg in February, we are having Raymond Moody here <laughs> for a weekend, for a weekend event, Um two weekends before you arrive on the same year and in the same month. Now, I find things like that fascinating.
3: So do I. I would love to be there. I'm sorry I'm going to miss him. I I, I think he is is a great man who, who has done a great service for so many people.
2: Yes, and uh, it's hosted by uh, along with us and the Freshly Foundation and the Life Center, and uh, we're bringing him in uh, to talk about you know his his amazing his amazing work. But in in that text of that's part of what in um, Jungian psychology one would say that we we shed layers all the time that. Not only is there the part of ourselves that could have more, uh, you know, there's people that focus on near-death experiences. One of the things that I talk about often is let's have more near-life experiences.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Where you
2: really show up, you're really uh, playing full out, um, where you don't hesitate in your next relationship or with your children or whatever it is. Or, you know, you could have climbed the whole mountain, but you stopped, you know, somewhere midway. Um, I think well, that's a, an important part of our evolution as well. What, what do you think?
3: Well, I agree with you completely. Uh, it is important to to live life to the fullest, Uh there are so many opportunities available to all of us, regardless of of the course of our lives, that I think we are continually uh, confronted with challenges that uh, we are meant to accept and uh, to uh, to meet, and uh, I've always felt that uh, whenever a challenge is presented and, and you've been able to to handle it that uh, you simply move on to another. And that is that is uh, a very important part of life.
2: Another thing around the um the death realm that I found fascinating was uh, you know the years of involvement in in shamanism and seeing where people are fragmented because of various things that happen in their lives. And energetically, they just don't have the same amount of energy that potentially they could um, if they had not had those fragmented experiences. And you're probably aware of this too, that the discoveries were that why can't, you know, if they were going to therapists, why therapists couldn't help them But what they realized is that the people, in order to survive the car accident, the addiction, the tragedy, the abuse, or whatever it was, they literally checked out to be able to cope uh, in the first place. So therefore, a therapist couldn't call back that experience because the person didn't have recall that it had actually happened.
3: Well, you know, that's, that's how my book, Messengers, begins, actually, because the main character, Jake Daniels, is in a horrific car accident. Uh, his car is hit by a large moving truck. It flips. He's thrown out. He can't remember the accident. Um, he's in coma for over two weeks, and then he's in the hospital for months and months because of the serious injuries. And he only recalls the accident when he and his fiancée, once he's out of the hospital, take a trip to Bermuda. They're swimming uh, in the beautiful water there, uh, skin diving, and he's looking with his mask down below. She dives beneath him, swims beneath him on the way down to retrieve a, a shell. And as her body passes beneath his, all the memories of the accident come flooding back because he was floating above a body at that point, and it it was his own. And um, this is uh, the uh, importance of the near-death experience for him, because he also sees a mysterious woman at the side of the road uh, who is looking not at the body beneath him, but in his own disembodied eyes. And that uh, sets him out on, on a journey, to try to determine why he was saved from, from death, because he was physically dead for a while. Who is this unusual woman? What is she? And uh, does he have a purpose in life? Is there a reason for him being saved from death? And then he wants to try to encounter others who have had similar experiences uh, to determine if perhaps they have a shared task ahead of them. Sort of work together uh, in a way that uh, advances humankind uh, and uh, the intentions of the spirit.
2: Wow, that sounds uh, very intriguing. And you've been on a uh, book tour for quite some time, haven't you?
3: I have. I have indeed. Uh, it's it's. Uh, it's been uh, very enjoyable and valuable for me to meet uh, so many good people. Uh, I have uh, spoken at uh, Unity Houston, Unity Indianapolis, Unity uh, Flagstaff, and Cottonwood here in Arizona. I live in Sedona, Arizona. And uh, then uh, I've had a lot of radio interviews, and, and I'm looking forward uh, to that uh, trip we talked about earlier in February and March. And there will be some, some other uh, venues and opportunities uh, coming up as well.
2: Well, we are very much looking forward to having you in Florida, and that's on February, the, on Wednesday, February the 29th, that you're going to be coming here uh, by way of Jupiter, Florida. Jupiter, not the planet, but Jupiter, Florida, right? <laughs> that, we might, that we might add. Well, it definitely is very evident, as I'm sure it is to our listening audience, that you are a person of passion and that you are on a mission you know, for this book and what you believe in, because uh, for someone to actually to leave Sedona uh, to travel around.
3: <laughs> uh, it is a beautiful spot. It's
2: like me uh, venturing out and leaving St. Petersburg. It's like we already <laughs> live in heaven, so, you know, where could we possibly go from here? Because... Well. Uh, we live in a, a, a beautiful place, and you are in the kind of place that people dream to go to. So thank it's you for perfect. your agreement with the universe to do this work that, that, you're, that you're doing. Your website is, is it themessengers.com? I wanted to look that up again.
3: Yeah, um, there, are, there are two. Uh, the first uh, is www.facebook.com at book. Messenger's book is uh, just uh, one word, no spaces.
2: Okay. And then, it's,
3: and there's also www.messengersbook.com.
2: Okay, yes, and and for those of you that are listening, you can go and visit the website. And there's a lot of information. There's an excerpt from the book. Um, it's very well written, and of course, it's handled by Unity House, um, and we're very proud of that as well that Unity is representing your work, David. Well, I, we're going to be right back. Uh, we're going to be taking a short break, and when we get back, we want to delve more into your your philosophy and your great secrets that you're offering us today on how people can move from good to amazing. We'll be right back. Thank you.
1: You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration
4: throughout the world. Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work my daily interactions and my relationships including my connection with the divine so when i found unity house's new book by the reverend dr thomas shepherd called good questions a lot of things started making sense
5: dear tom how can i believe in the integrity of god if i can't believe in my own integrity from ka in iowa dear ka god's goodness is independent of your highs and lows but lighten up on yourself my friend Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in
4: metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link.
1: Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Rev. Temple Hayes.
2: Thanks, everyone, for being with us. We're having a very stimulating conversation with David Arnett, Unity House author of the book, The Messengers, and a man that knows how to sit in a conversation of, of, of dying so that we may live, of how to play full out, and how to experience life to the fullest. David, in your book, The Messengers, what would you say are some of the parallels in the book to the teachings of unity and the unity principles? I'm, I'm sure that you've been asked that question before.
3: <laughs> but it's a very uh, important question. Yes, it is. You know, the original book I had largely self-published, not entirely, and I had sent copies of it uh, to various uh, organizations and individuals my I thought would uh, uh, feel a a special resonance in it. And uh, I had sent it uh, also to the Unity Church here in Sedona. And about a week later, the minister called me up and asked me to come to his office uh, because he had been struck by it at a special time in his life. And I went to the office, and we ended up talking for about three hours and uh very encouraged by that and I sent a copy then to Unity Village and uh uh received a very encouraging uh, response and uh somewhat so that uh Unity House decided it wanted uh, to uh, publish it uh, in hardback with a different title messengers and uh I found Somewhat to my surprise, that so much in the book really does parallel Unity's teachings. Uh, the importance and the power of prayer, for example. The, uh, the need to recognize and honor other spiritual traditions uh, focused on love. Uh, of course, great reverence and respect for Jesus and uh, the Christ consciousness that uh, he embodied. Uh, the fact that we are spiritual beings whose thoughts are powerful creative forces. And that is a a very important part uh, of Messengers. Uh, the one concern that was raised uh, was about Satan and the devil. And I was asked, do you believe in, in these uh, beings? I said, honestly, no. Uh, in terms of the book, uh, there are uh, two pretty horrific demons that are met at uh, different points by Jake Daniels, the main character, but he learns from angels uh, that he encounters that, in fact, uh, they have not been created by God. They've been created by us, human beings, uh, just as our positive thoughts and intentions will manifest uh, positive and and wonderful uh, results that our malignant and malevolent thoughts over time can manifest malignant uh, uh, beings. So that was the one area uh, that people were a little hesitant about because I know that uh, the teaching of unity uh, is that that certainly there are, are no such evil beings that are in any way equal to or even approach equality uh, with God and the angels and, and in the book the angels easily destroy them as to uh, advance, spiritually advance human beings
2: But yet, like you're saying even though there is a power it can be used in a manipulative or a, um, a dark type of way
3: Definitely so and really, the the central theme of, of the book uh, is the importance of love, mercy, and compassion. And the importance of holding those concepts and what they represent in the forefront of our minds. Because if we are thinking about love, mercy, and compassion, every time we make a decision, every time we deal with other people, then uh, we are going to be manifesting loving, merciful, and compassionate events. But as you say, uh, if instead of that uh, we are thinking hateful thoughts or uh, murderous, uh, bloody thoughts, then unfortunately over time uh, they may also manifest.
2: Absolutely. And, And so often uh, even uh, people that have been in unity for years tend to forget that often we're not even seeing the other person we're seeing ourselves yeah. and and we're forgetting about that that cause and effect that is operative if one wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, for example, in a very ill and aggravated mood and the night before they watch some kind of murder thing on TV, you know, then it's easier to be in that day of a very cynical-minded attitude of people only care about themselves and why is everybody in such a bad mood today and we're carrying that with us and our eyes of seeing are showing us those same kind of things. I mean it's so important for us to um, step back when we're finding ourselves immersed in uh, the beginnings of this these negative things is to go, wait a minute, what is happening within me uh, that is generating the filters of this type of perception? Exactly- and, and, and being in the awareness of that um, can change it You know, so much. And when you're talking about mercy, when I can have that mercy for me, uh, it's so much easier than for me to translate that and to have that kind of uh, caring uh, towards other people. One of the best exercises I've learned, I would like to tell you that I practice it all the time. By far, I practice it more than I once did. Okay, so that's movement. <laughs> but it was, um, you know, Stephen Covey's uh, in his practice of the seven habits for highly effective people. Yes. In there, he talked about the man on the subway that appeared to be having these unruly children. I don't know if you remember that story, but there's someone that's judging or observing with judgment. These children being so, you know, uh, ridiculous and loud and obnoxious. And the person says, you know, why don't you do something, for goodness sakes, uh, to put these children in their place? And the man looks at them, and he has this bewildered look on his face, and he says, I'm so sorry. Uh, They just heard uh, that their mother died, and we're on our way now. You know that they can, they can see her, or we're on our way to do the you know coming together of the arrangements of the end of her life, and and the person's like, oh my, and um, I, I have hung on to that story because often if I'm saying and this person and they did that and look at that and look at that, to step back and go. What's another way of looking at this? What could be their point of view? You know, like if somebody's rushing, um, blowing their horn at you at traffic, it's like, well, maybe they're really needing to get somewhere quicker than the rest of us. I don't know what the story is behind the story. Um, those kind of things help. And what I'm hearing is there's some, uh, some ways in which Jake travels in his life as well uh, that will help people work with more of the Christ consciousness in mercy and compassion and love.
3: That's exactly right, Temple. Uh, and uh, too often we we project uh, our own insecurities and and uh, fears, etc., onto other people, um, thinking that uh, they are the ones uh, who are... are causing disturbances, as in, as in the case of the children, whereas it's, it's actually our own lack of understanding uh, that has, has uh, uh, caused the disturbance or, or certainly uh, disguised it so that uh, we're, we're not aware of it. Um, I hadn't mentioned to you, I don't think, but I, I'm also a hospice volunteer. And uh, that, that has been a, an extraordinary experience for me, continues to be. Um, and the experience with the patients uh, is, is so intense and yet so uplifting in, in so many ways. And I, I am very grateful for that as well.
2: And that has shown you... Uh, through the years of have you participated like what one would call the 11th hour?
3: Yes I have. Yes, that I have.
2: you have um, tell us a couple of stories about that. I know that I know that people find that, you know fascinating. I, w- I was with my father the last hour of his life and it intrigued me that the very man that was so uncomfortable in his life loving himself, he wasn't taught the unity way that, you know, that's essential for good quality spirituality. He was taught it was wrong to like yourself. Um, but the very man that had that that premise of belief throughout his life is very uncomfortable receiving the words, I love you, or I love you, Dad. Uh, at the last hour of his life, there was a circle of people gathered around. The room was lit up. If anyone ever doubted that angels or something existed that's greater than we are, they would have believed it if they had walked in that room that night. The room was lit up, we were in circles, and we were all saying how much we loved him and he received it. That was so powerful, you know, for me to have that that experience. Um talk about some of yours.
3: Well that's that's absolutely beautiful. Um the one that, that comes to mind immediately uh, involves uh, a, an elderly woman who was approaching 90. She had been in a nursing home for some time. And my particular hospice, it's called Hospice Compassis, uh, has uh, built what we call a vigil team. So that when uh, the chief nurse or, or one of the doctors tells us that uh, a patient has no more than a day or two to live, Uh, We gather the team together, and each of us takes four-hour shifts so that someone is is with the patient either at at a nursing home or at uh, the person's uh, private home 24 hours uh, a day. And At a nursing home, often uh, there are no relatives there. Sometimes there are, but often not. And in private homes, usually the family members are so exhausted, uh, so tired, uh, that simply being there at night and allowing them to sleep and and to wake them if, in fact, uh, death is imminent or has just occurred is is a tremendous help. In any case, this woman at the nursing home uh, was under heavy medication, uh, including morphine, and I had been told in my training that uh, patients very near death often will pluck at their bedclothes or at their their pajamas or nightgowns, and no one quite understood why that was, but it was also a sign of, of coming death. And uh, after I was there for about half an hour, I was there for the, the late-night shift uh, from 2 to 6 in the morning, um, I noticed that she was doing that. She was plucking with her fingers uh, at at the sheets, uh, trying to move them and and at her nightgown and And uh, I remembered that from the training. But then suddenly this eighty eight eighty nine year old woman who was frail and thin and uh, under tremendous medication, lifted herself up off the bra- the bed. She braced herself with her feet. And it was almost like a, a wrestler who, who builds what they call a bridge with his head and, and and his two feet and just tremendous exertion rising up out of the bed in that way and holding that for about five seconds and then dropped down again. And she was quiet. And uh, I was just stunned by that. And uh, then later, there was more of the pulling at the bedclothes. And one more time, this was about 30, 45 minutes after, she rose up in that way, pushing uh, the sheets up with her body as she's rising, uh, pushing so hard with her feet and her head and her neck, and and, uh, just an enormous exertion, and then settled down again. And uh, she died about four hours later. But I realized what that was all about. Uh, she It was truly her spirit trying to be released from the body. The plucking was to remove the outer garment. And the, the pushing up, the rising in that way was for the spirit to leave the body. And that was a, a very uh, special experience for me.
2: Wow. That's powerful. Have you ever been in the room and the room kind of lights up in a way that you feel the presence of angels or spirit guides or ancestors no. are there to point You're the way? Or
3: At the point of death with my hospice experience, but I, but I do have my own angel experience if you like to hear it.
2: We would love to hear it. <laughs> well, now that you put it that way, <laughs> of course, someone that writes a book as fascinating as the Messengers, we would want to hear it. We'll see how far we get before the break, but if we don't get finished, we'll come back. <laughs> oh, all right.
3: Well, yeah. Messengers, uh, of, of of course, is is uh, uh, that's the root of of the, the word uh, angels, uh, angelos. It means messenger. And there are several angels that do play key roles in the book, and, and that's the reason for the title. Um, my wife and I were in Germany. I was stationed at the American Embassy in, in Bonn, which was the capital at that point. And she and I had decided to take a trip uh, to Florence. And just before we were to leave, our car uh, went on the blink, and I rented a car Uh, The embassy had a a small rental operation, and I rented one of those cars. And uh, we're driving on the Autobahn from Bonn to Munich, where we we were going to spend one night with friends, uh, and then go from there uh, through Switzerland, into Italy, and to Florence. And uh, if you've driven on the Autobahns in Germany, you know that most of them do not have speed limits. And uh, I was driving probably 110 miles an hour in, in the left lane, but still had to pull over frequently because cars were passing me. But uh, everything is fine uh, for the first uh, 45 minutes or so. And then suddenly I noticed that the car engine is gone. It's totally dead. And uh, I reach over, I, I put the gear in neutral, I turn the key again, nothing. It's just totally gone, and we're coasting. I tell my wife that, and uh, we're going down 90 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, and I'm concerned because of the high speeds and the fact that there was really no shoulder on that part of the Autobahn. And 60, and finally I, I see that there is a turn. Uh, and uh, the sign is named Denkendorf, which means, by the way, uh, the Village of Thinking. And uh, I I managed to uh, pull off. It's it's a wide turn, and then I turned back the other direction. We're down to 40, 30, 20. And ahead of me is a, a small inn, and there are maybe five parking spots. One is vacant. I guide the car into that spot, and the car stops. And we just look at each other and saying, what is this all about? Uh, and then about a minute later, uh, I said to my wife, I think there's been an accident on the Autobahn, and we're not supposed to be in it. And uh, another minute or two, I say, let me try the engine again. If it uh, comes on, uh, we can back out, and there was a an incline on the road and down at the bottom of the incline was a gas station. And I say we can take this incline. If it cuts out again, we can coast down to the gas station. Maybe they can help us. So You I know created... what we're
2: gonna do, David, is we're gonna make people wait till after break for you to tell us <laughs> okay. exactly what has happened. This is a defining <laughs> moment. I'm Temple Hayes and we appreciate you joining us and listening to David Arnett today. The very popular author of the book, The Messengers, Unity House Author. We'll be right back. Thank all of you for your wonderful continuing supports of Unity Online Radio.
4: Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepherd called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense.
5: Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever.
4: Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link.
6: Hello, Unity Online Radio. Yes, I was wanting to know if I can listen to Unity Online Radio on my smartphone. Actually, yes. iPhone and Android users can now listen live to Unity Online Radio with the Live 365 app. This is great news. How do I get the app? Getting the app is super easy. You'll need to download our broadcast partner's app, Live 365. iPhone users can go to iTunes to download the Live 365 app. Android users can go to the Android market. Once the app is downloaded onto your mobile device, search for Unity Online Radio, and voila, your favorite hosts live on your phone. Wow, Unity Online Radio, on the go? How cool is that? To learn more, go to www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening.
0: We
1: now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Rev. Temple Hayes.
2: Welcome back, everyone. And we're all waiting to hear about David's story and how he was parked there and um, and what's going to happen next. Talking about a defining moment in his life. As you know, we're talking with David Arnett, the author, Unity House author, of the book The Messengers. David? Take us to what happened next.
3: Well, I, uh, I turn the key, and suddenly the engine is alive. It's room and purring. So we look at each other, and, uh, half smiles, and uh, I back out of the parking space, uh, turn the car to the incline, and we drive down to the gas station. The engine's still purring. And then we have to make a decision. Are we going to drive a car that is cut out on us? Um, there may be something wrong with the motor here, or do we go ahead and uh, drive all the way down to Florence, Italy, and back? Uh, took us about 10 days altogether to, all for the trip. And we said, okay, let's do it. And I got back on the Autobahn, and no more than a mile, mile and a half at most, down the highway, there is a... Terrible accident. There are four cars. One is on its roof. Uh, one is in the ditch. Uh, one is kind of sideways on the highway, and one has gone off into a field. And there are, were people who had come running from the fields and from a couple of nearby houses, and and were were helping uh, those that they could. Uh, you know, there were no emergency vehicles because it had just happened. Uh, those few minutes before, and um, the highway was strewn with metal and glass, and uh, yeah, all the cars were that could uh, get through were, uh, were very carefully and slowly going through. And um, I asked my wife uh, to look at her watch because I thought uh, you know, maybe uh, they they will need. The police will need uh, witnesses, people who can confirm signs, etc. And she did, but it was totally dead. It was a battery-driven watch. I had a watch as well, but I was wearing uh, uh, a coat on top of a a long sleeve shirt. It was hard to get to, but I managed. My watch, battery-driven, was completely dead. And then when we got to, to Munich, uh, we took out our uh, battery-driven camera to take photos of our friends, and it was completely dead. And we also had a uh, video camera, uh, one of the old types, large, that you put on your shoulder, and it was dead. Now, we had checked those batteries before leaving. Everything was fine. And my wife and I also were uh, very, very tired, far more so than that trip from Bonn to Munich, uh, Uh, should have caused. Um, And then we drove down to Florence as we had planned. We we drove all throughout Italy, all the way back through Switzerland and Germany, and that motor was absolutely fine. So my wife and I uh, put all of that together, and we firmly believe that uh, there was an intervention to keep us out of that accident. Uh, I said so to my wife, you know, just two or three minutes uh, afterward after we'd gotten off the uh, the autopilot. Uh, and we believe that all of the available energy in the batteries and uh, our own vital force had been drawn upon to turn off that motor and to keep it off long enough so that we would not be in that accident. Now, I did not see an angel, but I felt its effects. Uh, and that is also one of the roots uh, of the book, and uh, there are other instances of that kind in my life that uh, uh, I hold deeply in my heart and uh, are are very much a part of me.
2: Where you've had the messengers, and you've had those types of unexpected or the paranormal experiences of your life, and uh, people love hearing about those stories, don't they? But there's do so much more. I mean, um, I'm mindful of what is the show that Michael Landon used to be on, that when you have these moments of angels stepping in to make uh, such a difference. And I'm sure you have had other experiences where you're convinced that we're far more than just human beings having this one experience.
3: Definitely so, and I I am just starting uh, work on on another book which will examine exactly that. Um, Those, uh, uh, well, I should tell you that every time I have spoken about the book, and and even long before that in my own life, uh, if I'm in a small group or a large group, um, uh, if I ask for a show of hands, from those people, you know, after I have mentioned my own experiences, and if I ask for a show of hands from anyone else who has had that kind of transcendent experience, um, uh, I get a response of nine-tenths. And uh, this is true of the Unity audiences that I've been addressing. Nine-tenths of the people will raise their hands. In non-spiritually oriented uh, audiences, it, it runs to about half. Um, and on page 202 of Messengers, the main character, again, Jack Daniels, um, says what I've just said. And that this is his experience. It's, it's universal that we are surrounded by spirit Uh, which is acting in our lives all the time. Sometimes we don't even notice it. And sometimes if we don't believe it, we won't even see it. But it's there, it's active, it's it's, it's, uh, direct, it's purposeful. And that's what this next book will be about, getting the real-life stories from the people who have had angelic encounters, who have uh, had contact with loved ones, who have... uh, uh, transitioned, um, near-death experiences. There are, there are many of uh, these types of experiences. and I, I want to put all this down on paper, real-life stories, so that uh, people will know that this is
2: real. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. I've had an experience with someone that passed uh, probably in '89. And I've had experiences and encounters with this individual uh, all these years. So definitely when you come and visit us in St. Petersburg in February, I want to tell you what mine is. Because you will find it absolutely fascinating as so many other people have. A former Unity minister, actually. Yeah, someone that I knew in my uh, early 20s. Which what was I'm not that long ago, of course. So. Oh, that was
3: just uh, yesterday. <laughs> the other day,
2: just like with you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what
3: I tell people who, who wish to uh, have their stories, their narratives uh, included, uh, is that uh, they will only be identified by their first name. But uh, that would make it difficult for you if I included your story, which I would like to do. But you oh, I don't mind. You're temple I have ever met.
2: <laughs> I don't mind at all, you know, <laughs> but uh, I just love the story to be told because it is yes. a fascinating story, um, that's, that, that's for sure. Well, we know the theme of the messengers and that um, in talking about how we approach life through love and mercy and compassion, and I think what's... Uh, Going to be and is very intriguing to our audience. Is so evident that uh, this character is sounding more and more like you all the time, <laughs> David, and that um, it's how you live your life um, and how you have um, learned to show up in the in the world. It's always great to to know an author and, and for me to interview an author or to have one speak here at First Unity when they're really walking their message. And I can say, having met you, that indeed you are walking your message. You are the messenger of your own message. Sure. And, um, and I, I salute you for that. You and are so defin- kind And definitely your. um doing some great work for, for Unity House and for the movement of Unity as well. I want to remind everyone to go to the website, uh, Messengers, The Messengers, isn't it, David? Oh, it's, it's plural. No, it,
3: it, it's it just Messengers, actually, without the The.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. Messengersbook.com. And you can find out um, all about the book, how to contact David, how to connect with him. He, also, if you have any questions, you can certainly reach us through amazing at FM, And we'll be glad to answer any questions or forward any messages that you have for David or give them to him when he comes. It's been our pleasure to have you today and to find out more about this intriguing book Um It's just been a great experience uh, for me to be with you, David, and I'll look forward to seeing you again real soon. And thank you, everyone, for uh, uh, spreading the work about From Good to Amazing, and and appreciate very much all that you do for Unity Online Radio.
3: Well, thank you very much.
1: Have you ever noticed that life is filled with amazing people? People who are passionate about being alive and fully engaged in living on purpose and with intention. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on Unity Online Radio. Each week we bring you an hour of inspiration and motivation to empower you to be the best you you can be. Listen in and open up as we present some of the most dynamic teachers, authors, musicians, and celebrities that are living the life extraordinaire. Spirituality Today, every Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, where life is good, and so are you.
0: Inspiration only takes a moment. Rev. Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God.
4: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
6: Experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent. To be the love. Be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
4: Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
2: more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source your spirit in those moments you are soaring knowing that you can be do or have anything you want but what do you do when real life hits you straight on (laughs) let's get real this is practical spirituality for a busy bustling world Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander.